This town needs an enemy. What are you? I'm Batman. I can't wait to show you Munson's toy. Digital's exclusive Batman fan show, Wayne Talk. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to add us to your favorites, leave us reviews, and bookmark our main page, RainmanDigitalMedia.com. Hey, I'm your host, Paul, and with me today, I have got Bobby. Hello, hello. And Mike. Hey! So today, we are going to be talking about the monumental Detective Comics number 1000 that hit this year, uh, coinciding with Batman's 80th anniversary. It was a 96-page issue stacked with a lineup of talent that will take you on a journey through Batman's past, present, and future, plus a sensational epilogue that features the first-ever DC Universe appearance of the deadly Arkham Knight. Yeah, from that game. But who is under the mask? And why do they want Batman dead? The incredible future of Batman's <laughs> adventure begins here. That's a bit over the top. That synopsis. Yeah. So, uh, but like that, honestly, that that's like fully where my hype comes from. Um, I'm all about Arkham Knight. Um, so this issue is important for uh, reasons. Some of those reasons being Batman being very important. Batman being <laughs> 80 years old now. Um, Quite a feat. Yeah. I mean, what... Uh, 80 years, that's no joke. I mean... Is it weird that, like, you think about it, 80 years ago, what else has lasted 80 years and been able to adapt? Superman. My grandma. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... uh, That's it. Throws that one off right off the bat. (laughs) No, I mean, that's only two things, though, in in history. Yeah. Michael's grandmother and Superman are the only things that may have surpassed Batman so far. (laughs) And we'll see. That's insane, though. That's quite an accomplishment. I mean, 80 years and a thousand issues in the detective comics. How many comic books nowadays even get there without them having to reboot, reset, change everything up? What's the likelihood of us even reaching that type of, you know, milestone you know in today's landscape? Stupid nonsense is like, this is just detective comics. Yeah. Like there's also, you know, Batman <laughs> yep. comics and like various Batman in the title spinoff other series, Batman and Robin. So like. This this is ridiculous. Hey, Paul, I'm, how many issues are there really of Batman? I bet you know. 2,736,912 to those date. Are, that those will change Wednesday this week. Just the what, Bob? Those are just the A covers. <laughs> We're not even talking variants. Oh, that's insane. Um, so so generally, uh this this was uh this was a comic. How did how'd you guys feel about it? Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I, I dug it. There was things I didn't like about it. Um, but for the most part, I felt like it was a pretty easy read. Uh, some stories were easier to follow than others. I wasn't too keen on some of the montage type issues, Mm -hmm. which a lot of them were. It was less of a story and more of a just straight narration with random shots and it worked for some stories and then some stories I'm like, OK, well, let's see like real time action opposed to like you telling us a story. But overall, I totally dug what they did. Uh, a few stories I like way more 
than others. And there's a few shitters in there that <laughs> I wish I can get my time back after reading that. And I'm not going to say which one. The henchman one was really bad. <laughs> hated that one. Dude, it was awful. Better. You, you hated that one more than the Leslie Tompkins one? Which one was that? The one where Leslie Tompkins was a bitch. So okay, so, okay. I'm, so okay with, I'm okay with that one. I felt like the henchman one was just very child. It felt like Scooby Doo. Who's under the mask? Let's rip it right, off. Fair. Yeah, it was it was bad. What about you, Bob? Um, I, I think it was done as well as these multi-story books go. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, because there's been a lot of bad ones that you're reading through, and you're just like, all right, why am I wasting my time on this? Did you? Just make it 96 pages and 9.95 for the copy, um, <laughs> just to get my money. Um, yes. th- there was redeeming things. There was emotional things that I caught me off guard. Um, that I just didn't expect to be like, oh, that kind of hit me in the feels. <laughs> and I don't expect that from a lot of comic books these days. It's more like hyped up kid type, you know, hysteria for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I maybe. Seven out of the ten stories or eleven stories caught my eye. Four of them I could have just been okay without. Yeah. Did uh, did either of you read or remember the? So several years ago, like during the New Fifty Two, when Detective Comics hit issue number twenty seven, they did a very similar um, issue like this. It was a big, fat, like hundred page book with a bunch of little kind of anthology stories like that. Did either you read or see that? I did not. Cool. Sweet. (laughs) What was it like? Well, what, what about it reminds you of this? Or I mean, aside from it being just like the same basic idea. um, I I feel like I liked that one more. And honestly, I can only even remember two of the stories in it. One of them was kind of Arkham Knight style, where it was the story that spins out and like ties into the main series as it continues onward. But the other was a Scott Snyder, Sean Murphy story that like seemed ridiculous and over the top and great, but actually ended up tying directly into where Snyder's run on the new 52 and even where metal ended up. So that was super cool. So you like the connection to metal? Is that why? Well, you... I, li- I like the connection to like anything. You, yeah. get, you you throw this ridiculous, cool, but ridiculous story at me. And then I find out like a year or two later that like it was legit part of everything. Yeah. So, so Paul, let me ask you this. Did you like it at the time or did you like it after you figured it tied into something? I liked it at the time because um, Sean Murphy is a great artist and I like to look at his things that he draws. Um, but it was also a really weird story. It was about like the future of Batman and how he continues his legacy, like beyond okay. himself. Yeah. See, and and that's the thing, the thing that I really liked about this issue in particular, and, and maybe you can, you know, contrast the two between that one and this one for me. The thing that I liked about this, that did draw me in, even if the, there was a story that I didn't really care about as much is the psychology of it. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, introspective for Batman. There was also a lot of perspective switches um, where you kind of see from the other side of things. You, you're, you're spending time with the villain and their mm-hmm. thought process and what what makes them tick, which obviously is a, a thing that happens a lot in Batman stories. But I've been because of this show, I've been reading a lot of additional Batman stories of late. And I feel like this is something that this uh, that's something that the 
Detective Comics 1000 really got down. And it's that psychology aspect of Batman. And I feel like that was what really kept the entire anthology of stories together. It's that one cohesive thread or theme, I should say, that kept most of the stories together, except for, of course, the the henchman one. That was the only one that was the oddball out. I I, th- I believe that you had mentioned um, it's kind of what they have to do with books like this, where they can't they don't really have the time to give you a full story, right. especially something with, you know, a bunch of action or, mm-hmm. you know, events playing out. So they just kind of tell you a story in this way because there's like there's 11 stories each one of them gets i don't know like six to eight pages or something yeah so yeah um i don't know it was uh, there were there were some big names in this and um a lot of them I don't know. The stories weren't as great as I wanted them to be but you had the opening story was a Scott Snyder Greg Capullo story um and it like wasn't bad but uh i mean you've you've read the beginning of metal where we're we're doing that i really feel like that story should have and could have gently tied into that and the fact that it didn't at all felt like like almost like a waste especially considering who wrote and fucking drew it you're talking about the longest case uh the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. with the guild of detectives yeah and i was getting really giddy about it and where it was leading and uh and that's and honestly that the issue i know you probably think very differently and you're gonna throw something at me because you're a big scott <laughs> snyder fan but i I was a little disappointed. I was a little let down. Oh, I yeah, mean, no, same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and because there were there wasn't that connection, especially with the Guild of Detection and it being a part of not just the Batman, uh, the the Batman world of late, but I mean, I'm a big Constantine guy. That's a big Constantine uh, thing as well, hmm. uh, especially with Justice League Dark and that storyline that's going on right now. And they just it, it felt like half assed. It was like, hey, we had a full story, but we're only going to give you mm, a quarter of it, if that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did dig it because I, I love the film noir style to it and the whole like action adventure detective vibe. I I dug it, but um, but that was one of the stories that I felt like. Meh. I mean, I I appreciate yeah. the basically just the end of it, um, where you know Batman is mm-hmm. trying to figure out how he plays into everything, and it's like what is what is eighty years in the history of the universe? Like you're you're still just a baby. Yeah. That was pretty epic. And I like how they just ended it and they didn't show us exactly what Batman was looking at. So yeah, that part was good. It was just a little anticlimactic. I mean, jumping onto the next major team, uh, there was the the Kevin Smith, Jim Lee story. Uh, Both of those names are important to Batman. Uh, I I know that you like this more than I did. Yeah. The Kevin Smith one. I, I felt like there was a lot of heart in that one. I, um, I dug it. I know Bob and I talked about that one off and on, uh, throughout the last what three weeks bob you and i <laughs> yeah. kept talking about that because there it, were some it's it, like, this was the one that i was kind of surprised me that it was like a like a weird heart moment that i didn't expect out of the book yeah and that's what you said to me like dude you got to read it because because i wasn't going to read this at first and then uh we mentioned that we're going to cover it i'm like all right i'll read it and the first thing you threw at me bob was dude the kevin smith story is actually has a lot of heart it's going to hit you and uh, because you and I are obviously sentimental bastards, we both, you know, connected to the story. And yeah, I, I dug it as well. I, I, I liked that they connected something so intrinsic to who he is, who Batman is as a as a person, as an entity, as a force. 
and they turned it into something that protects him. The, the, the very, his very shield of sorts. And there might have been some over-the-top melodramatic lines that they used in that, but I felt like it fit. Oh, that's Kevin Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sure Kevin Smith was giddy as hell when he had the chance to write this, especially this specific story. Like I, I complained about it earlier, but just being an excuse for Jim Lee to draw, because like he drew so many different characters in that. Yeah. I mean, that was that was cool being able to see all of those rendered by that special man. But you mentioned that um, you felt like it was a bit of a. That this story was almost just an excuse to get Jim Lee to. Yeah. To do the work, yeah. To do the artwork, I'll elaborate on that because well, okay, that was so interesting. Not, not necessarily an excuse specifically to. They're going to tie Jim to one of these books. One of the one of the stories in this book is going to get drawn by Jim, um, and I feel like this was the one because kind of touching back on what you said earlier about how a lot of these stories are like narrated. They are they're stories being told to us. They're not really stories playing out in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, this was very much one of those. So they really like each page. He just got to do like a splash of these characters or those characters. And then there were just words all over the place to read. So it was, it was just the, the story that best fit an opportunity for Jim to draw anything. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Again, I think when I was flipping through the pages, I one, I was surprised. I, I hadn't followed who was actually writing and I was surprised that Kevin Smith was one of the names because I figured we would see like the usual suspects for detective going out there and was, Batman in general. Bob, did you notice any marketing around Kevin Smith writing for Detective 1000? Because I did. I follow him on social media and I didn't I didn't really see anything. I was no, he, kinda... he wasn't. Yeah, no, he wasn't promoting it or anything. I just I, until after I read it that that Tuesday night or whenever it was, you know, that for that midnight release. I, I didn't know, um, and I'm the same way. I follow him around, you know, because unfortunately or fortunately, one of my heroes from growing up of yeah. somebody that I look up to, I guess, as far as uh, movies and even the business that we're in now, the podcasting side of it. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I was shocked when I got to that page. And then, you know, for me, it was just one of those stories that you're kind of just reading through and you're just going through the process and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And in the end, it was like a payoff for me. And I was like, all right, well, you know, at least it was a good story for me. Yeah. And you spoiled it for me, Bob, because I knew it was going <laughs> to happen. Asked. Don't but- don't don't say I spoiled it like I ran in the thing. It was like, oh, my God, you should know what he did with the gun. It's his heart. Yeah. I- <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Now I want to I want to hate on it now. That sounds cheesy as hell. <laughs> but I I was wondering because I saw Kevin Smith's name at the at the beginning of the story and I was like, okay, Bob told me about this one. How is it gonna get to this? This does not make sense. And I'm like, okay, now I understand. Um, so the next story I had very high hopes for because it was written by Paul Dini and he wrote a lot of Batman the animated series, and it was drawn by Dustin Wynn, and he is a great artist. Uh, it was not a good story, though. Yeah, those high hopes crashed and burned. Yep, they're just they're still on fire in my soul. Um, <laughs> I wish I can get my life back for those opening, like or the the uh, how long did it take to read this? About fifteen minutes. Yeah, I just want that back. This this particular story or the whole book? No, no, no. This particular story. I just want that fifteen minutes it took to read that. I wish I can just erase my memory because it's effing awful. So I'm I'm gonna just let you 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 had a uh, a little like a tagline for this story that was pretty accurate. So you can just describe this. I, one. I don't remember what my tagline was. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? It just it was, <laughs> it was awful. 
I, I didn't understand it. They focus on a uh, on a character that I don't think any of us knew. Is Legend is Newt Brody a real person? Because I've never heard of him. Not not as far as I'm aware. And like uh, one of the previous stories mentions oh, the one we were just fucking talking about uh, matches Malone, and that is that is Batman's like criminal. I'm doing undercover work. Right. That's like legit. That yeah. pops up all the time. I've never heard of Newt. Brody. I mean, at least pick a henchman that maybe we've heard of. I'm sure there's someone that is relevant in in the thousand years of detective comics. And according to Paul, the two point billion actual issues of Batman Mm -hmm. that you could have used. But instead, they make up this character, Newt Brody, who is basically a buffoon. And I find it hard to believe that you have some of the, the the baddest of the baddest villains of all time, and they continue to hire the same stupid henchman. Well, I mean, it sounds like he only does one job with each of them. <laughs> it's just... It's- the concept is awful. Like if this was in those, you know how they do young readers as well? You know how DC yeah, yeah. does it? Now, if this was in a young readers issue, I'm like, okay, fine. This works. Like this is something my son might like. But yeah. you're putting this in Detective 1000 when you're dealing with, with all these other issues or dealing with the psychology of Batman. And some of the stories are pretty effing dark. And then they throw in this Scooby-Doo story. And yeah, Paul Dini, I'm like, what was he thinking? Did someone assign him this? Did he, was he like, you know, just phoning it in because it shit, really I gotta was write something i, mean, I what did you say bob he's like shit i gotta write something oh i i was supposed to have this turned in at midnight i forgot i had uh, this assignment like that's what it felt like it felt completely rushed it didn't feel thought out and the worst part about it is the reveal at the end when you find out this henchman isn't real that it's the batman family the bat family essentially playing dress up every time Newt is hired by one of the baddest villains of all time over and over and over. And they never learn their lessons. Apparently <laughs> it's, it's awful. It, what does it say about the Joker? What does it say about the Riddler? What does it say about Penguin and Poison Ivy? It just makes them all look stupid. Yeah. I think we should burn that story. <laughs> I, I'd have to check the first and last pages to make sure that they don't overlap with other stories, but it should be, it should be doable, yeah. especially with that thick binding it has. You can legitimately just rip them out. <laughs> Unfortunately, with the digital edition, which is what Bob has, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't rip that out. Can, can we delete- separately save it as a PDF and then just black out the pages? Thank you. Good idea. Well, yeah. And we'll release it like the Star Wars nerds do to like say like this is only a male film or whatever else they've done for the edits. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Our own cut. <laughs> <laughs> the Rain Man digital cut of Detective 1000. It was bad. I, I, I just want to, <laughs> I, uh, I just want to die. So, so moving on to what I thought was a better story, uh, the Warren Ellis, Becky Cloonan, um, was it the Batman's design? He's basically just stalking a group of like borderline super criminals because they're all like enhanced with drugs and exoskeletons and powerful guns. And he just tracks them into a warehouse that he happened to already have set up with explosives and traps. And he just torments the shit out of them. Yeah. All I do is haunt the living is probably my favorite line from that story. Dude, that is gangster as hell. I Not I, in my haunt, bitch. When he said that line, when he said, what are you going to do to me? I have it written down because I don't get chills when I read comic books. I just don't. And I got chills because he said, I'm already dead. And I haunt the living. I mean, can we get that in a movie, please? <laughs> can you imagine if that was if that was put into a an actual cinematic batman film i think people would die because that line is just written so well 
And it just kind of is like a no brainer as well. Like you, you can actually see Batman say that, like, it makes sense. Like I'm surprised we've not heard him say that before because it just makes sense on so many levels. Um, and to be fair, it was written by Warren Ellis again. He's gangster. I love Warren Ellis. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, he's done, he's done screenwriting and some other stuff as well as, I mean, obviously some Hellblazer and other things that you probably know him from. Yes. Yes, I have followed Warren Ellis' career for a long, long time. He has a a way with the crime genre, and I felt like he did a great job bringing that to this story as well with those individuals. I'm I'm surprised there aren't more, because there are some great, like Ed Brubaker, um, great crime writer. Yeah. It's surprising that they don't get more, like, time with Batman. Yeah, I agree. It's a missed opportunity. But one thing that I did like about this comic book or this story, I should say, is um, that I, I dug was, it was a, there was a little bit of a again, not going too deep into the psychology of Batman in this one. But there was a little bit of a that classic morality tale. You know, look at me. It was Batman. I'm not good. This is not who I want to be. But Do also want to like, be this when he told that villain, like well, who's going to shoot him? Do you want to be this? Just, just blowing them up, uh, hitting them or, you know, pelting them with like, uh, what was it? Not buckshot, but like almost It's like, it's non-lethal crippling though. <laughs> it was very, <laughs> it hurts like hell. It was very callous. And I was wondering where it was going because he was very callous about everything he was doing to them. Well, he was, yeah, and he was fucking jazzed that they were wearing these like exoskeletons and hopped up on like super soldier drugs yeah. because he didn't have to hold back. Yeah. And it wasn't until the end when he said that line that it made sense. I'm like, he's dead on the inside. Do you really want to do this? Do you want to be like me? It was actually a powerful statement and a very well-written short story. I, I can see I, something I, like I, this. I think, Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. I had no worries. I think next time somebody tries to fight me, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm already dead. <laughs> Look at me. I'm already dead. Look at me. I'm trapped in this place and all I do is haunt the living. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I think moving on then. The uh, the Leslie Tompkins story written by Denny O'Neill and Steve Epting. I hated this one because uh, usually Leslie Tompkins is like, you know, she's she's the ally. She helps kind of with some of the kids, but she, you know, she supports Batman. And this whole story is just her being like, don't beat up people. Don't be Batman. Don't save me. I was being robbed, but I don't even care. Like, <laughs> wasn't that the point? Though? And then she fucking straight up yells like Bruce. No. Yeah. While he's like beating up a group of kids. Yeah. That have a gun and are robbing her like yeah bitch have some chill have some chill (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you about that bruce line i was like come on now you're gonna you're gonna give away his identity as well like don't shout out his name like i i understand the purpose of the story i i didn't really like this one that much but i i did they could have conveyed the point that they were conveying in a it's like straight up a less preachy way okay that's fair because I did like the, the the idea behind. I like the story idea, but the delivery, or I should say the execution, I agree. They could have done the exact same idea a little better. It, it felt like, and, and maybe because, you know, obviously she's an old lady and she's like trying to like now, now, now waving her finger. But it did come off as preachy. You're absolutely right. It was like, hey, you're a naughty boy. I'm ashamed of you hurting these kids. You're not the mom of me. My mom's dead. Uh- <laughs> If you watch your mouth, you'll end up being the same. Um, I mean, so then then we had a Christopher Priest, Neil Adams story about 
again. Yeah. It was like back, yeah. back when Batman was training and he was vaguely affiliated with like Roz and the League of Assassins. He inspired somebody to not kill everyone all the time. And then that guy started inspiring other people. So the League killed him and like Batman just traced it back and he was like, don't, uh, that guy was pretty good. You shouldn't have killed him. And they're like, we're the League. We don't even care. And then... Yeah, he's like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing, which is what that guy was doing. So we're going to fight in the future. And then it was over. Yeah, it was silly. I felt like this was a pointless one. It wasn't awful like the henchman one, but it was kind of it was very forgettable. In fact, I'd even write it on my notes. All I wrote was heretic. That's all I wrote. The henchman one, at least like it was it was bad. And it left you with like, man, I am angry enough to talk about this. This was just like boring. Like it was it was absolutely just a page filler story. That's probably the worst one for me. You, you you talk about you know Jim Lee just drawing. Was this like an opportunity? Like, hey, let's just let Neil Adams draw uh, Al Ghul and Batman one last time here. I mean, I guess Batman was shirtless and everything. Yeah, he was. He was steamy, huh? So hot with his like twenty four pack. He really did. I think he had like a twenty four pack. I was like, damn, Bruce. I, I missed it under all of the hair because he had the hairiest chest I've ever seen drawn. Real men have hair, oh. Paul. Come on. Come on, Paul. It's hard to draw, and I guess Neil Adams specializes. Um, Maybe he had like a thirty-four pack. We just couldn't tell with all that hair on top. That's that's my excuse. Is that is that is that what it is, Bob? Yeah. Maybe I should grow some hair too and quit shaving so I can all the hair. so I can have a twenty-four pack, or at least tell people that. Now Bob's twenty-four pack actually goes all the way up his chest. That's why his <laughs> beard is so long. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so then we have the Brian Michael Bendis Alex Maliev story. Um, about old penguin, I guess, confessing to Bruce that he knew he was Batman and why he never told. And honestly, I like this story. I really liked it, but it I was, it was weird. Cause it was like an awkward brag where penguins like, I knew that you were Bruce the whole time, but I never said anything because I knew that I'd probably end up dead from you. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I am a big fan of Brian Michael Bendis of late. Um, I feel like he did a good job with this. I, I, for some reason, I've always been drawn to Penguin. I don't know why. I know he's not the most. Well, he's he, one of the simpler, like re, uh, realistic, if you want to call it that. But he's just a like super glorified crime boss, yeah. like a, almost like a Spider-Man villain, like yeah. some of those lower key Spider-Man villains. Yeah. And like those are those are cool. A little more grounded. Yeah. And that's what this story was, was a little more grounded. And I like the whole again, the psychology aspect of this story and what it was saying, the fact that the, the penguin knew that if he revealed who Batman was, he would be essentially killing Bruce Wayne. The, o- the only tether to humanity. His, to humanity. And if he takes that away from him, what does that mean for us if we take away his humanity? So I'm going to being like the criminals of the city. Right. So I'm just going to zip my mouth shut and never say it because I don't want him to lose his humanity because he will murder us all. <laughs> that was powerful. And honestly, that's a, you know, just coming from an experience of writing movies and screenplays. That's that's a foundation you use to write a movie. That's something that you sell to an executive. That's a log line. Imagine Batman without his humanity. Don't take it away, but let that right there. That's what's at risk for this movie. That would sell to an executive like that. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful emotional statement. 
So, I mean, Brian Michael Bendis, for me, that that was a huge win because he did that in what, maybe 10 pages, maybe nine. Yeah, I don't even know if it was that long. I feel like it was one of the shorter stories. Yeah, it was, but it it, it, it was good. But I also I appreciate the ending as well. How, you know, like how that, that twist. Did you know that was Batman he was talking to? Did you did you oh, get yeah, that? Abs- okay, absolutely. See, I did. it. I, I thought it was Obi-Wan Kenobi. So stupid. Can you no, imagine from the profile? He looks like he looks exactly like <laughs> old Ben. Can yeah. you imagine the like weird flex, but okay. At the end of the story, yeah. if penguin had just been telling that to another <laughs> fucking old dude. <laughs> That's why I was confused. I was like, who is this? I thought it was going to be like a reveal to like another villain who also aged and he was bragging to him. But I, I actually, again, maybe cause I'm not like you, Paul, I'm not a big giant, huge Batman fan. I just didn't see it coming. And, and it just made the story that much better for me, especially with how he, you know, basically showed him what's up still at the end. <laughs> yeah, he, like, tased the shit out of him with a wheelchair taser. Yeah, like, listen, I could be 90. I'm still going to have the upper hand, bro. Like, that's pretty much what he said. Um, So from there, we have the Jeff Johns, Kelly Jones story, which, in my opinion, did what most Jeff Johns stories do. And it got you hooked and then never elaborated on any of the things that hooked you. <laughs> yeah. So... It's 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 a birthday wish, yeah? Like, he, he blows out the candle at the end. So the whole story is just Batman making the wish that he is thinking of when he blows out the candle. And he's thinking of a Gotham that basically they've, they've solved all the crime. There's, like, all the villains die, and he has a family, and everyone can live happily ever after. And he's got some daughter that has never been referenced anywhere that he had with Catwoman, who is not Huntress, but Echo. Yeah. Um, okay. I was they, I was kind of thrown off. That's not a thing, right? No, not at all. Okay. They back like pre New Fifty Two. Um, Batman and Catwoman had a kid that I think they ended up just moving that whole thing to like an Earth Two story. But their kid was Huntress. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not yeah, yeah. Helena Bertinelli, but Helena Wayne. And that's you know that's that's that character. Um, so in here they have Echo, and you know that's interesting. Uh, Joker has a son called the April Fool. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I felt about this one. I, I'm I'm a little torn. Batman mentions spending, you know, at the end, spending time with family, and he's talking to Jim and he says, Go spend time with Babs and Jason. And I don't know if that was like an editor didn't catch the typo, because uh Jim Gordon's kids are Babs and uh Jimmy, J- James Jr. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what they were going for, or if like like Jason Todd and Babs hooked up yeah. and like are a family now. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't just me confused. There was a lot of things that just didn't add up for me. And, and I thought maybe because I I'm not a, the biggest, you know, I got to read every single Batman issue type of fan that maybe I was just lost in the story, but a lot of it just didn't add up to me. I had a hard time following that entire story. It, like I said, it's, it's the Jeff Johns thing. Like, okay, Batman and Catwoman made echo. Tell me more about that. Joker's son, the April fool. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Babs and Jason. What's going on there? Tell me more about that. And oh, the story's over. Yeah. And then it was essentially all we were reading was Bruce Wayne's birthday wish. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the whole story was what he was thinking of while he was blowing out his birthday. I candle. mean, that's I know Batman's a dark dude, but I mean, that's pretty dark. His birthday wish is he hopes Joker's son murders well, he, all the villains. Okay. That's just the way he got from point A to point B. But he hopes that they have they establish a crime free Gotham so that everybody can go be family and stuff. Yeah. And like, that's, that's a nice sentiment and everything, but like, that is not Batman's mentality. Like 
Yeah. He, he, he will never stop being Batman. He knows that will never be achieved and he doesn't ever want to leave Gotham without him to quote unquote protect it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of this. And I, I thought, you know, I would be just because of the gentleman that's writing it. I mean, he's, he's the end all to a lot of people. And I'm just like, hmm. Well, he's so like hmm. an example of Jeff Johns is the dark side war was a, like one of the final events of justice league of the new 52. Yeah. Um, that I believe the trade of that was published March, 2016. So the issues, you know, were coming out like six months, a year before that. Um, telling that story that story established that there are three jokers within continuity three different people are the joker we are still waiting for the three issue <laughs> series that is going to explain that he i think he just finished writing it and they're trying to draw all three before releasing them and like one of them has been drawn so we might get them at the end of the year it's just every, everything with him is interesting and then you never get more or you get more like a decade later so you're not a big fan of Jeff John. No, I like him. I hate the way he operates. <laughs> you just lose all the momentum, right? I mean, so this this whole I mean, they lost all of the traction they had that was automatically going to sell this Joker book because like half the people who are hyped for it don't even remember it. Remember it. Yeah, I think I'm I think my speaking is contagious, Paul. I have the disease. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so from there, we had the James Tiny in the fourth and. Alvaro Martinez Bueno story uh, that just kind of covered like I guess Batman and how and why he has all of the sidekicks in the world mm-hmm. which like cool stories like that that established things I don't know it wasn't great I it, love James but it wasn't a great story it really wasn't I was expecting a lot more from him especially because I'm a fairly new fan of his because of what he's doing with the uh, new Justice League Dark series mm-hmm. which I think is pretty pretty effing fantastic but yeah, not 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 a, not a great story. I was expecting something a little more dark, but I will say this. I appreciate what they were trying to do, showing, you know, having that classic Alfred Bruce Wayne discussion back and forth about, you know, the pros and cons of certain things and the fact that he was brought up and forged in darkness. Well, why not give someone all of your knowledge and don't allow them but, to, yeah, to come up in the darkness. the experiences that made you there. Right. Forge them in the light. Imagine what type of hero you can create if they're forged in the light. That was a powerful statement. It's just the way they got there. I feel like they could have probably written that a little neater. It just felt a little, it felt a little lazy. But again, the, the idea, the concept was was solid. That's another that's another movie idea. That's a yeah. log line. That's something you could sell to an executive and say, hey, boom, imagine a hero forged in light. You know, ba- not a story about Batman, but one of his protégés. I mean, that's that that's going to sell tickets as yeah. well. I mean, really? Yeah. Give me run with the Batman is established. Don't give me an origin there. Give me an origin of one of his sidekicks. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think in. In defense of this, and honestly, like throwing back to the Scott Snyder story, these guys are, especially lately, they're used to writing like these ongoing <laughs> epics. And so you give them nine pages and like, eh, this is what you get. Like, what what are we going to do with this? We're writing like a thousand page story arcs here, buddy. Like, how- uh, you, yeah, you have to cut down on the words because we actually have to draw pictures. <laughs> What's pictures? Like, <laughs> that's probably what they asked. But that's a good point, though, Paul. Like, you're absolutely right. These guys are used to writing epics at this point. Imagine going from writing epics. I mean, the mindset as a writer going from one genre is tough enough. Now, trying to, 
you know, condense and break things down to, you know, shorter form stories, that's quite a feat. It's like, all right, you know what? I'll draw this artist. You could write it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that one, we had the Tom King's written Tony S. Daniel and Joel Jones drawn Batman's greatest case. Um, I don't like Tom King. Uh, I do not. It actually, it took a lot of my willpower. So he stayed at my hotel at WonderCon. Mm -hmm. I saw him in line and like I was feet away from him because lines for like 15 minutes. (laughs) And it was really hard to like contain all of the things. Your your excitement. Well, like your hard on. So like, you know, write what you know. He totally fucked up a wedding. So I assume he's bad at marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I actually, I was almost disgusted with myself by how much I enjoyed this story. Um, it was about Batman finding or recreating the family that he lost when his parents died. You know, he lost that, which should not be able to be taken away. He no longer had a family and they have like all of these supporting bat characters. You've got, um, he's everyone. You had Jason, Damien, Dick, uh, Batwoman, Batgirl, Pretty much the entire Bat family, right? Yeah, dude, like everyone. I think I think Huntress was also there. Uh, you had Orphan. Um, you had fucking Duke. Little Duke Thomas. Anyway, um, so it was cool. It was, it was kind of lame. At the end, they just took a picture together, and then he left the picture at his parents' grave. But, um, you know, he was showing them that he was able to, I guess, replace them. I don't know. The more I think about this, the less I like <laughs> I it. I did it without you. <laughs> but he, he showed them... <laughs> That he could, in fact, you know, re- replace his family. He created a new family. He he fixed what was lost. I don't know. Um, I think the worst line in this book is the very end when he's like just sitting there and they're all stoic and he just says cheese. Oh, yeah. That's and that is that is Tom King. Tom King can take something that has the potential to be really good and he can just make it like campy as shit. And like, why did you do that, bro? Um. Do you think this was another one where they're like, hey, uh, Tony, you draw these characters really, really well. Let's see you draw a bunch of them. Well, I mean, yes and no, because Tom King fucking writes the Batman book right now. They're on issue like 70 of a story that he has planned for like 100 issues. Also, he gets death threats on Twitter like all the time. And so you need to stop that. Well, right. It's just like, why? (laughs) Between between him removing himself from the situation or like DC being like, oh, hey, you get death threats like how the books sell well enough, I guess, for them to let him keep doing this. But also people hated enough to threaten him with death, like on a weekly basis. I screenshot a tweet that was just him screenshotting somebody that he was blocking because they they threatened death upon him. And he just said, I have to do this all too often. Like. <laughs> that's hilarious but it's so sad like and and people like other stuff that he writes so just i don't know do that why why is he still writing batman wow i don't know but yeah tony tony s daniel is a very good artist um and i love joelle jones too but i think she only did like the the graveyard scenes so it was like dark and she was drawing one character so kind of kind of bummed we didn't see more from her, but she is the current artist and I think writer for the Catwoman series. Okay, yeah, and- I, I dug the art for sure on this one. I wasn't. Uh, I feel you and I are definitely not going to connect on this one because I didn't really dig this story as well that much, and maybe I just felt like it was a a lot of 
a lot of wondering what was happening. And well, okay, I will give you that because there are a couple, especially toward the end, there's a couple frames where it's just one picture, and you've got like these twelve characters that are talking, and so you've just got these disembodied speech bubbles all yeah. over the place. And they could have easily done that thing where like, oh, okay, everything Red Hood says is in a black box with red text. Everything Batgirl says is in a gray box with yellow text. They did not do that. They all just looked the same and you had to guess who was talking at any point. Yeah. That's what threw me off because I'm I'm trying to figure out the story by watching by by obviously looking at the the pictures, the panels, but then I'm like, okay, well, how does this all like correlate? Like, how does it work? And yeah, I think that's what it was. There was no distinction between who is talking. And that's what really threw me off. And by the time I figured it out, I didn't care. And then it was over. <laughs> I was like, well, there well, the you only go. one I knew who was talking was the dog. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's no, it's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> accurate, though. Yeah, because they weren't even in speech bubbles. They just they just threw up like they wrote the words. Oh, my God. Aroo. That's so accurate, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the the closing story of the book, the Peter J. Tomasi, Doug Mankey, uh, Mankey, yeah, that's that's probably well, we moved on. Um, the Arkham Knight story, the story that will continue onward as the arc of Detective Comics, because Peter J. Tomasi is the current writer of Detective Comics. Is this, this is this the only canon story out of all of those? Because I have to – first off, this one has to be canon. I'm well, yeah, this one is 100% yeah. canon. The yeah. rest are like debatable. They're, okay. I mean because they're all just like you know little things that happened. Yeah. Like one of them is a birthday wish. So you know, fast forward to his 80th – you know, actually celebrating his 80th birthday. Did he daydream while he was blowing out a candle? Sure. That's canon. Right. <laughs> um, and then this – you know, the family portrait thing. Like sure, that's canon. Why not? Um, but this one specifically is you know the absolute, the the moving forward, the ongoing arc – and this is what sold the whole book for me. Like I was going to spend $10 on this book, even if there was no nothing else to it because Arkham Knight, um, I've been waiting like four years for this character to hit comics because when that game right before that game even came out, Jeff Johns said that he wanted to bring the character into like comic continuity. And, you know, we saw how that panned out because Jeff Johns is Jeff Johns, but somebody is doing it and I'm stoked. Um, did anybody I, have opinions? I totally dug it. I wasn't sure what direction it was going, but again, uh, I felt like this was the most richest story out of all of the story so far. Yes, there is things that I'm definitely drawn to, but I loved the reversal, the the perspective switch, and how you have all of these villains who are suffering. Yes, they're bad. Yes, they're they should be locked away, but they also deserve help, possibly a little empathy. These are people with psychological problems, mental illness. These aren't normal people. Yeah. You, you don't drop these people in a cave and throw away the key. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they terrorize the city. But at the end of the day, they get locked up in Arkham and Arkham isn't a crazy person jail. It is a mental facility. They are supposed to get help. And yet they never do. So I liked that. I liked that they showed it from their perspective, not necessarily justifying what they do, which would be silly, but it was showing the other side. Like, you know, you, this, this, this Batman character coming in like a big bully, just, you know, punishing people based on your own moral code, never really thinking about the real issues of these individuals, you and on your high horse thinking you're better than them. 
And I just love that there's essentially a dark or a, a, a vigilante for a vigilante. I like that, that this Arkham Knight is essentially going to want be the one to bring justice to the person that has no empathy or sympathy for the very injustices, I should say, that he's fighting. Yeah. That's, that, again, is a very powerful statement. And I'll say this, that it definitely makes me want to pick up Detective Issue 1001 because it was a very good prelude into that storyline. Because it, it doesn't necessarily seem like, you know, he's not he's not a full-blown bad guy. He's not like, oh, you shouldn't be mean to the bad guys because they're people too. Like, yeah, they're 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 ruining the city. But you need to He he is the Arkham Knight. He is a champion for Arkham. The yeah. people in there need to be, you know, represented. They need help. They need to not just be beat up and you know, is that going to cure your schizophrenia? Let's just keep hitting you and see what happens. Right. Um, so I am, I am jazzed for more. And, uh, did you play Arkham Knight, Bob? Yeah. I love that game. Okay, cool. So did, I mean, did, obviously they're not going to just straight follow because why? Yeah. Um, but I, did you have any draw immediately to, did you even know that this story was part of this book? Did I? Yeah. Do I? Do I have to be honest? I mean, I don't care. Well, remember, oh, I, okay. I kind of <laughs> know somebody that works on it. Oh yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. Solicitations happen, so anybody with the internet could easily know, courtesy of DC, that this story was going to be in this book, like three months yeah, before it I came mean, out. So, no, I, I'm I'm definitely excited. I like because I it was a cool character in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see how they play it out in the comics. Because it absolutely and will not be the same it can, uh, yeah, know, individual well, yeah. behind the mask. Yes. Who, who's the person you know working on the Arkham story? Well, working you know in the industry. Jeff. Oh, 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 oh. It's, thought, it's David. It, he's working on the Arkham Knight story? No, yeah. Well, no, he worked on this, though. Oh, okay. 1000. He oh. colored this whole, the, the whole the last story. Oh, the, the medieval one. Yeah. Awesome. That's and cool. He'll be, I didn't, he'll, I, be, he'll be back on after this run. I did not realize he actually had worked on Medieval, the story. Awesome. There you go. Great job, David. What is his last name? Baron. Baron. There it is. Um, so, I mean, you want to do top threes? What did who, who liked what the most? Uh, Bob, you go first. I'm not ready. Uh, <laughs> the final story, Kevin Smith, and it's cheesy as the the picture one was at the end i really liked that one just because the whole bat family mm-hmm. uh and just i kind of dig tony daniels like drawing in general yeah because he's good at originals it. and i'm an art guy so are you are you but, still you still working over there Oh, no, I said my three. No. My- oh, you're talking about me. Yeah. Um, oh. blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's there's, see There's here. a wall of monitors, and I can only see fingers typing, so I just assume that it's my turn I'm now. I'm just going to give you a Nerf gun and just shoot me when it's my turn to talk. <laughs> I'll just hit the wall. I have terrible <laughs> aim. Um, so I'll go. Uh, I think my number three was, yeah, that Tom King Bat Family story. I liked everybody getting represented, especially characters that we haven't seen since James's run. James Tynion, whatever. Everybody knows. Um, since his run on detective ended a lot of those bat family characters like fell by the wayside and we haven't seen them so it's cool to see him represented um my number two i think is going to be that old man penguin the the brian michael bendis story that was that was a solid fun one 
Um, and number one is absolutely going to be Arkham Knight because that's just all hype for me. That uh, that final medieval story and seeing where that goes, I'm pretty jazzed about it. All right. Okay, I am ready. Thank you for asking. Okay, this is actually pretty hard for me because it seems like I enjoyed this a little bit more. Like when you came in, Bob or Paul, you were like, Meh, I, I like maybe two or three a lot. And I was like, oh, I have like five or six that I liked. And Do you a just, top five then. Live you, your life. Well, it was hard. No, I'm going to. I'm going to. Do gonna a top st- 11. I'm going to. St- <laughs> all of them. I'm going to stick to the rules here. And uh, okay, so number three, uh, I like the penguin story a lot. And then the my second favorite was um, the Warren Ellis story, Batman's design. Oh, yeah, that was solid. Honorable mention, piggybacking. And then the my favorite is Medieval, the final story. I totally dug them. So, yes, I felt like all three of those stories that I picked all had something in common. It's the psychology aspect, which is what Batman is, right? Isn't yeah. that what yeah. is the most interesting thing about Batman is the psychology behind the mask. Yes, you know? definitely. Um, okay, let let me ask you guys this: Do the the good stories override the bad stories? Oh, to sure. make this a good book. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I was I'd spend ten dollars if this was like ninety blank pages, and then that's <laughs> six pages of <laughs> medieval because like I'm I'm hyped for that story. Um, but yeah, I I don't think. Aside from like Newt, Newt Brody, I don't think any of the bad ones were really like atrocious. No. And there were, there were some solid ones in here that were just little good time fun reads. Old Man Penguin and This Is My Haunt. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think I agree with you, Paul. It, there was nothing awful except for the Newt Brody story. It's just, it's just like a, just a sore thumb. And I don't understand what they were doing with that. But uh, everything else, it, it was definitely enjoyable i don't feel like i wasted my time reading it took me a couple hours i felt maybe i'm i read rather slow i don't know how long it took you guys to read but it took me about two to three hours to read the entire thing uh just so i can make sure i can get everything they were they were trying to convey it it depends a lot of times i will mentally fill in the gaps between frames of art yeah um so it just takes so long to read um but I, th- I think, I don't know, I think in defense of some of the, some of the bad ones, especially because some, like some of the not best ones were from people that I had high expectations from. Isn't, um, that, isn't that sad? I mean, yes, the but worst. I, you know, again, one, um, they're used to writing these epics, especially as of late. And two, I, a lot of them have like a lot of irons in the fire. So like, you know, not to say that it's okay to half-ass something, but like when DC asks, like, "Hey, you're kind of relevant to Batman's mythos as the the last ten years, twenty years, thirty years, whatever." Do you want to do a story? Like, what are you going to say? No, you're going to be an asshole. So, like, you're going to do one, but it's yeah. probably not going to get your full attention when, like, Snyder is writing the Batman Who Laughs series. He's writing Justice League. He is like planning some independent stuff. So, you know, whatever James Tynion writing justice league dark. Um, I think he's about to launch one or two other new series. So like he's doing stuff. Dustin usually draws and paints all of the work that he does. So, and he, he is doing a image series with Jeff Lemire right now. So that's, you know, that's his all month every month. So, you know, the the fact that they were able to contribute anything is like fun and cool and stuff, I guess. Yeah. And I know it's just it was an event. And and you're right. A lot of people have other jobs and duties that they're doing. Uh, 
And I read a press release where, you know, DC approached all these writers and not one of them even needed to think about it. Like all the writers said yes immediately. It didn't matter how full their plate was, what they were doing. They immediately said yes because this is such a milestone. Yeah. A milestone. And you want to be on issue. a big book no matter what. Yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about something that, uh, I mean, how many different covers did I have? Like 37 just individual covers, including, not including the ones without badges and everything else that they did. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, so you, you're, you're magically going to get on the top of the sales list and you're going to be forever in history. Why wouldn't you want to participate? Yeah. You'd be kind of silly the same. Right? Like, it'd be like, you know... Uh, Hey, do you want to be in this Batman movie, Bob? What am I doing? You're walking through the background. I'll fucking be there tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to have like, there I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think a final note before we, before we wrap this is I did detective comics. 1001 is actually out. So I got that and I read that and detective comics. 1002 comes out, I think this week. Um, and the Arkham Knight story is, it's going in a good direction. It's worth the hype. Um, yeah. So, I mean, very, very generally, you know, Arkham Knight thinks like Batman. He's got this whole plan. Um, a thing happens at the beginning of the book and Batman's like, hey, what the shit is this about? So he goes to investigate it. The investigation leads him to, oh, right where the Arkham Knight knew it would lead him. An ambush occurs. Arkham Knight has this whole fucking army of like better than League of Assassins level people with armor that Batman's gadgets can't penetrate. So they're, you know, fucking him up pretty good. And then the story ends. So, uh, it's it's kind of playing out the way it did in the game where he's got this whole army with him of like aggressively well-trained individuals that are all on that same page. Uh, my only real issue is like, where the hell do you where do you acquire those kind of people? Because like if they're just readily available, why don't like Craigslist. Joker have them when, when he tries something? R- rent a rent a crew that's a thing i see on your resume you have killed 13 members of the league of assassins you're hired wait do you have proof here are their ears oh you have any uh what's this called when you call i haven't done a resume in years what is it? Uh, references do you have any references they're all dead <laughs> now do you find out at all who arkham knight this arkham knight dude is in the first issue yet or is that oh, of is, course or is there no a lot way. okay no. so the whole the, mis- so we don't have no idea who he is the mi- and, there's and a mystery. he can't be the who he is in the, thing- the in the video game yeah, which is who is he in the video game? Jason in the video Todd? game, he is Jason Todd. Yeah, they uh, they just play out the Red Hood scenario differently, almost better, honestly. But you know, that's that. Um, the only real clue we have to who he is is in the medieval story in Detective One Thousand. That very first shot um, when the Arkham Knight is describing like how close he's been to Batman and he's seen his brutality. That is his eye looking through a crack in the wall while Batman beats the shit out of somebody. So he's got uh-huh. green eyes. That's all we know. Okay. Interesting. Well, if it was Marvel, it'd be a chick. <laughs> as long as it's an original character, sure. Just don't just don't den- gender swap established characters. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. Uh, well, my interest is peaked. I'm definitely going to be checking it out for sure. Um, I believe that's going to conclude the show for now. Uh, for anybody waiting on more metal, we're going to get there. All roads lead to darkness. And, uh, I believe that should be our next, our next thing. So thank you for the wait. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for Batman for being 80 years old and giving me something to talk about. And, uh, I love you. Goodbye. Blah, 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 blah. 
All of that chit-chat's gonna get you hurt. Oh, my God.